What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are three scrolls just looking for a chill place to lay low for a while. I'm Matt Johnson. It's always refreshing to see Ben Mendelsohn play a good guy. I'm Keith Baker, and are we out of our reptilian-ass minds? And I'm Austin Terry, and I bet Terrence Howard wishes he could come back as a scroll in the MCU. On today's show, of course, we are covering the first two episodes of the new Marvel Disney Plus show with Secret Invasion. This feels like the millionth Marvel project lately and the billionth in their line of TV shows, but maybe a change of tone is just what they need to keep things fresh. Austin and Keith, I feel like the marketing for this show is a little bit lacking. Uh, not much promotion for this one, I feel like, compared to some of the others. So I don't even know if you really had any expectations going in. But regardless, more importantly, what are your non-spoiler thoughts on the first two episodes of Secret Invasion? Yeah, the only marketing they've done has been calling it a Marvel event instead of like a mini series or something like that, which I've never really received clarity on what the difference is between an event and the mini series. Um, but with that out of the way, I don't think the show is bad by any means. I just don't think it's quite hooked me yet. Um, overall, though, when talking about the show specifically, I think all the performances are good. It's definitely a very different tone than what we've gotten from the other Marvel shows. It's way more focused on that kind of political thriller drama. Um, the mystery is intriguing enough to keep me watching every week. I just don't think the show has quite gotten its hooks into me yet. And I'm kind of hoping for more reveals or twists in the next few episodes. I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Austin. Um, as far as expectations, yeah, I didn't have any until you guys told me about this. I guess I had not seen anything about this at all. Um, I'm kind of like you, though. I don't think it's bad by any means, but I'm not loving it either right now. But I am very interested in where it's going. I've had several points in the show where I'm like, should I know this character? Is this somebody that we've seen before? Is this a new character? I'm trying to figure these people out. There's some questions I had that maybe you guys can help me fill help me fill in. Uh, maybe you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't know. But I, I do have a lot of questions with this show so far, and but I am excited to see where it goes. So I'm not. I'm just not a. I'm kind of like you. So I'm not quite hooked yet, but I'm, I'm getting there. There's definitely a required knowledge of Captain Marvel, the movie, for this show. And I'm kind of with you a little bit, Keith. The scroll characters are a little bit hard to keep track of sometimes, just kind of by the nature of the design of the characters and the fact that they're all shapeshifters. It's hard to remember who's who. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty close to you guys. I, 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 I'm, I've been enjoying it so far. I think the first episode was a slow burn and it was pretty enjoyable, but it kind of felt like a lot of setup. I liked the second episode a lot more. I thought Fury was way more of an active participants and it feels like the story is like fully kicking off, which I'm enjoying. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm liking the tone. It feels different. I'm liking kind of just the general vibe of the show, giving me, you know, winter soldier feelings, um, things like that. Some of like the better projects in the MCU. So it's always fun to see something different or just a little bit more in that mature line of thinking. Um, but yeah, there's just clearly, I need to see more to fully develop an opinion. It hasn't fully hooked me yet either. But the second episode I liked a lot more than the first, so if that's a sign of what's to come, then I'm looking forward to it. So I've been enjoying it. Yeah, I'm liking the characters. I'm liking the writing. The dialogue seems a bit better than a lot of past projects. Uh, lots of, you know, interesting things going on. It's been making me think about certain characters and motivations and things like that. So I'm interested, but it's just not great yet. I, I just think it's pretty solid. I think the main thing keeping me tuning in at the moment is how well they've raised the stakes in between episodes one and two. Episode one was largely contained to one city. Um, and then episode two, they slowly revealed the scale of uh, the scrolls invasion into Earth and how uh, 
and how much the stakes have raised to kind of being now a global threat for Nick Fury to solve. So I have enjoyed that kind of raising up the stakes. And if they keep um, adding to that throughout the rest of the show, it should we should be in for a good time. I agree. All right. Well, with that, I don't think we can go much further before we kind of tip into spoiler territory. So if you are somebody that has not heard of Secret Invasion, you've been keeping up, you didn't even know it came out. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that are in that boat. Uh, I would recommend you go check out the first two episodes. Uh, pretty easy watch. Again, slow burn, different vibe, but I still think you'll get something out of it. Uh, so go check it out and then come on back and listen to the rest of our episode. Or, as always, if you have no real interest in watching the show or you don't care about spoilers, just stick around because we're about to get into all the nitty gritty good stuff. All right, everybody, welcome to Spoiler Territory. Before we get into our full-on conversation, let's start with some cast and crew talk. All right, so Secret Invasion is created by Kyle Bradstreet, who you may know from Copper, Mr. Robot, and Berlin Station. It's also directed by Ali Salem, who is actually mostly well-known as a commercial director. He has over 850 credits. Uh, Television-wise, he is known for Treatment and Manhunt, and he will be directing all six episodes of this show. The show is written by Bradstreet and Brian Tucker, and of course, our score for the show is composed by Chris Bowers. And based on the 2008 Marvel Comics run Secret Invasion by Brian Michael Bendis, although the creators have acknowledged that they did not take much from the source material for this show. It kind of just shares that same name. All right. And going through our cast, we have Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, Amelia Clark as Gaia, Kingsley Ben-Adir as Gravik, Olivia Coleman as Sonia Fallsworth, Don Cheadle returning as Rhodey, Dermot Mulroney as the president, and we got Martin Freeman returning as Everett Ross, and Kobe Smolders returning as Maria Hill. All right, guys, there's our cast and crew. Any positives, any negatives? What do we got? I think I will give my highlight to the crew. Uh, I guess, namely, Kyle Bradstreet, Ali Salem, and Brian Tucker for writing the show. Um, like we kind of touched on in the intro, this is a very different tome from what we have seen from Marvel, especially recently. Matt was spot on when he called out Winter Soldier. I have been enjoying the willingness to be a, a slow burn um, and kind of dive into these mysteries a little bit more. And, and they've done a good job of keeping me on my feet. I still don't fully know where the show is going. So that change in pace has been, for me, very welcomed compared to what we've gotten from Marvel uh, recently. I'm kind of liking the change of pace uh, with Sam Jackson, too. Uh, I've always liked Nick Fury as a character. I feel like we haven't seen him in a while. I like where the character of Nick Fury has gone. He's kind of more of like a weathered, just tired guy late in his career so it's been really cool to see his transformation from the first avengers movie to what he is now so digging his character so far and it's kind of cool too just by the nature of nick fury in the mcu by the time the show wraps this will be the most time consecutively we've spent with the character because he's played such smaller parts in the past uh, minus captain marvel of course yeah it's a tricky one i think everybody's really good in this i'm trying to figure out who i want to call out um i don't know <laughs> I uh, I like Kingsley Benadir a lot. I've seen him pop up in a few things over the last few years. It seems like he's one of those guys that's been popping off more recently. Like I think I first saw him in something probably like, I don't know, like three, four years ago. So he's relatively new to the scene, but he's been getting some big projects. And just in the first two episodes, and he's, I think it's a testament to him, he's barely in the first one. Uh, he has a good presence. I'm liking kind of a the vibe to his character. I think there is still more to find out about his motivation. I don't think it's purely for revenge on Fury, but I'm liking just the performance and kind of the menacing tone. I think it's a, a nice fit for a spy series like this. So I wanted to call him out. 
Then the other person I wanted to say isn't necessarily for their performance, although they were really good. It's just hard to call them out because they're barely in it. And it is kind of a negative for me. I think Kobe Smulders has been done has been done dirty by the MCU. Uh, we've seen her ever since the first Avengers movie. So she's been in this franchise for 11 years and she's often paired with Samuel Jackson's Nick Fury. So we've seen her pop up in pretty big roles in the first Avengers, Age of Ultron. I always think she had some good, like, smaller roles in, like, Winter Soldier um, and other projects, like Far From Home as well, alongside Nick Fury. So they're a great team. And this felt like, you know, and he doesn't trust a lot of people. This felt like the show where they could have explored that. I understand her death is kind of used as a catalyst. Uh, so it made sense in the second episode why that choice was made. I was like, oh, wow, they really did raise the stakes. But at the same time, you did that by killing a character that you've never really done anything with previously. So I just wanted to call that out. I think she's been done dirty in this franchise. I kind of liked it. You guys know uh, from our days doing the MCU phase one on this podcast, I don't really like how much time uh, both Mariah Hill and Agent Coulson got uh, in the early MCU days. It kind of felt like, why are we spending so much time with these humans? So now that she's gone, won't have that problem anymore. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, well, with that, let's go ahead and delve into more detail right now and get into our in-depth reform discussion. We each wrote some points down that we wanted to spend a little bit more time on, so we're going to do that right now. We're going to start with some general opening thoughts, and I think uh, the place to start is probably with uh, the vibe of the show. We've been talking about that a lot, so who's going to kick us off with that? Yeah, I've been happy with how much time they've been spending kind of on the politics of uh, every action taken so far in the show. Um, this is something we don't tend to get in the larger MCU stories, but I like that theory and Agent Hill being on the ground in Russia raises some questions with both the United States allies and then kind of the NATO alliance around the world. Um, and then I've enjoyed kind of the larger scroll invasion and how even Theory was surprised by how many of them there are and how they have kind of seeded their ways into the different leaderships um, across the world. And you don't really know who's a scroll and, and who's a and who's a human. It kind of adds almost like an eerie tone um, to the show whenever they're in these meetings. Yeah, it definitely gets uh confusing that's <laughs> for sure of who's scroll and who's not um and then i was also interested in the politics between Rhodey and and nick theory in that last like uh tavern scene that they have um i thought that was really cool probably one of my favorite scenes of the show so far and i'm curious to see how that is going to play out and is he gonna rehire theory later on yeah, we'll see. I mean, I guess that would probably make sense for an ending, but it's hard to tell at this point. Yeah, uh, going back to just like the general feeling and vibe of the show. Yeah, I'm liking the political nature of it, too. They even call out at one point, you know, Fury when talking to Rhodey, like, don't make this political, but it's hard not to in this situation. You know, they're dealing with international incidents. Uh, if it was just a few scrolls, maybe it'd be different. But once you find out that there's a million on Earth and they all have the ability to blend in, some are staying at, a, you know, the secret scrolls only compound at like some like chernobyl looking type place uh but the rest of them you know could be anybody uh, and they've like infiltrated like the highest form of governments or like they're uh fox news adjacent <laughs> like uh, <laughs> a broadcast and we know what kind of a power those people have so it is scary and it, and it is very political i mean <laughs> like they're trying to prevent these incidents of fury is and then once you fail it automatically becomes this crazy international incident and that's not something we really see a lot of the Avengers movies, or at least they don't really address it. It's like, yeah, Thanos coming to Earth is an international incident, I suppose, and like the the blip and the snap itself is as well. But they don't really acknowledge it as being such, or at least they don't acknowledge the political ramifications of that. So 
Is it as exciting as other things that we've seen in this franchise? No, but I'm okay with that because I think it's more interesting. I also, just in terms of the broader MCU landscape, I hope we get more of it, but I was happy they did at least acknowledge that Nick Fury is a character that got snapped and it clearly had an impact on him. We haven't seen a ton of that since Endgame, and I'm hoping they address more of like how he's feeling after coming back since being snapped. Yeah, that's true. So in a way, they are kind of addressing the snap, just in more of a personal way. Because he disappeared, he's like come back, and I guess we'll find out why, but it, I guess he feels like he's failed you're like what did he miss he's sad about that but then obviously also he made a promise to these people a long time ago to find them a place to live and because he disappeared a lot of people turned on him during that time even though he wasn't even there and just to go into keith's point about roadie a little bit more um with him firing theory i was kind of getting the vibe that roadie's faking this a little bit like maybe this is something him and theory planned for him to get off the books i wouldn't be surprised if we get that reveal later on yeah that's a possibility could be that or kind of like Theory said, you know, how well do you know your your security detail? Maybe maybe Rhodey's being watched and he knows he's being watched uh, by security detail. Maybe Rhodey is a scroll and his real person is in their little compound. Ooh, that's a good theory too. I thought going into this show, he probably would be one just because the whole gimmick of the Secret Invasion comic is like, they reveal on that run like, whoa, Hawkeye's been a scroll this whole time? Like, it's like members of the Avengers are revealed to be scrolls, which is like, which was crazy at the time. And whenever they announced this show and that it wasn't really connected to the comics that much, it was like, well, we don't really have a lot of Avengers in this. Like, there's got to be like one reveal, right? And no offense to Martin Freeman, but him being revealed to be a scroll was cool, I guess, but wasn't like, whoa. But um, yeah, if Rhodey was, that would be a wow moment. But in a way, I, I, I would be surprised at this point if he is because they went to lengths to show him. Like, if we had just seen Rhodey in the courtroom and they, like, had just shot it normally and then it just cuts to Nick Fury calls him on the phone and they meet at that little restaurant, bar place or whatever, then I wouldn't, then I would think he was a scroll. But there was, like, a couple of moments in particular where he's, like, like, the camera, like, cuts into, like, a close-up and we see him, like, whispering off screen, kind of. I guess, like, I should just give an example because it might not make sense what I'm saying. But whenever he's in the courtroom and he's getting annoyed with, I think it's, like, the representative from... Slovakia, Scandinavia. Maybe? Scandinavia or Slovakia or something who keeps rolling their eyes. He like purposely like turns away to talk to one of his detail and he's like, if they roll their eyes again, I'm going to fucking put on the suit and carpet bomb them. And it's like, I, there would, if he was a scroll, I don't think they would have included that scene. Like, why would a mm. scroll impersonating Rhodey say that? It just, if that makes sense. So at this point, I don't think he's one. I just think he's the Rhodey that we've always known, like you guys mentioned, which is, Kind of his whole interesting dynamic, which he is an Avenger. He does, you know, don the war machine armor to save the world and help when he can. But this also has always, ever since the first Iron Man, he has been a government guy. That's kind of his job. So he has to somehow balance that, which is interesting. So like whenever he's firing Fury, I think he kind of meant it. And it kind of seemed like he was, he like he said, he volunteered to do it. So it's kind of that weird thing of like, maybe by the end, he puts on the suit for a scene to like, take out some bad scrolls or something, but he also is trying to do his job. Uh, we've seen him start as, as like somebody high up, I think in the Air Force in the first one, and now it seems like he's like the aide to the president, which is kind of crazy to see that trajectory. But it's not surprising from Rhodey, as we remember, he sided with Tony in Civil War and he signed the Sokovia Accords and he wasn't helping uh, the Avengers in Infinity War until they came to him for help. So yeah, it kind of seems in line with the Rhodey we've always known. So at this point, I don't think he's a scroll. 
I kind of hope we still get the reveal that Hawkeye is a scroll, and then Marvel uses that to change out actors. <laughs> <laughs> Take medicine. Golly, our favorite actor, Jeremy Renner. I guess R.I.P. from your snowmobile accident. Well, he'll be he's, he's alive. <laughs> he's still Clint resting in a back. hospital bed. No, he's not. He's been out for months. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully he got some good rest. Oh, he did. He took his medicine, as he loves to sing about. Maybe he took some virtual acting classes while he was in the hospital. <laughs> virtual, yeah. He, he took some acting classes over Zoom, yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, he just rewatched The Hurt Locker in the town. He was like, wow, I used to be good at this. <laughs> All right, so we've been talking a lot about the dynamics and vibe of the show and like some of the interplay between characters, like with Rhodey. But I guess at the heart of the show uh, is Fury and Talos, or Talos. I feel like every character, like each character says his name differently. <laughs> so I'll say Talos. Um, but yeah, it was fun to see their dynamic kind of form in Captain Marvel, which took place in the earlier mid 90s or whatever it was. And we know that in Spider Man Far From Home, that one of the reveals was. Uh, Talos. Now I want to say Talos. Okay, now I'm going to say Talos. <laughs> uh, Talos and his wife, which they revealed in this show, I guess Gravik killed his wife, which was like kind of interesting. We'll probably get more into that later. Uh, but in Spider-Man: Far From Home, it was revealed that uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill, even though they played big parts in the movie, they were never actually there. They were being impersonated by Talos and uh, his wife on the request of Nick Fury. So we know that even in like the present day, up until that point, that they remained close allies. And so this show is kind of, you know, bringing them back together again. And I've been really liking their dynamic so far because you can tell that they are still very close friends. They still care for each other. They still trust each other. But there is some cracks forming and it is understandable why, especially when you bring Talos's daughter into the situation. He's trying to save her. And so that kind of elevates things. And you kind of wonder how far Talos would go to save her versus Fury, for example. Um and then also there's the great scene on the train in episode two where Fury is kind of confronting Talos, asking him to like, you know, I thought we like fully trusted each other. Tell me what I don't know about these few questions I have. And that's where we get kind of the bombshell that maybe it was during the snap or at some point Talos, you know, knew that his people were dying. So he basically invited the rest of the surviving scrolls, which amounts to, I guess, a million total now to Earth uh, to blend in while they're still looking for a home world. So I'm really liking their dynamic. I'm excited for more scenes of them. And I'm liking that it's a little tense right now between them. I've been enjoying it too. Ben Mendelsohn and Sam Jackson just have great chemistry in this show. It did take me a second to remember who Talos was from Captain Marvel. But once I did, I was like, oh yeah, he's that guy. Um, so cool to have him back. I, I really enjoyed that train conversation, um, especially the reveal that even Nick Fury didn't know this many scrolls were on earth. I guess I had always just assumed he knew there were a bunch there, but um, realizing now that he thought it was maybe just a, a contained group that he could trust and now realizing the stakes are, oh, there's a million people here and we have no clue what parts of the government or society that they've infiltrated um, really raised the stakes for me with it, with that conversation alone. And I'm super excited to see where that mystery itself goes. Yeah. Well, my question to you guys is, help me out here. So they just take on the body of the person they're mimicking, right? So I guess they take on the voice too. So they're mimicking somebody, some human. I know some of them were some of the humans were captured in the compound thing, but all the other two million, they can they can pretty much mimic any human they want. Is that right? Yeah, and that's not to say there's a million undercover. They could yeah. just be blending in in society. But the ones that are like replacing government figures, I think the bodies are in that compound or somewhere else. 
Yeah, I guess I guess maybe some of the bad ones are keeping the bodies of the people that they're mimicking, maybe because they're blending in in a different way, like they're trying to fully replace the person or something. Whereas, you know, the scrolls could also just get by by like constantly changing their face as well. So, yeah, it was it was kind of I had to think about that, too. I was like, oh, OK. But yeah, I'm I'm liking how they're playing with uh the mimicking too. They they've created some really fun scenes. Like I liked when Garavik was he was basically just toying with Fury at the at the Moscow bomb sequence. Like there was that I think he turns into three different people at that point. Yeah, he turns during into that chase. the little girl with the ball that we saw whenever Nick Fury was walking earlier. He like walked by like a girl like playing and her mom like dragged her inside. He turns into a woman with a beret, maybe or just like something like kind of like a distinct look, and that was like the woman that Fury walked past who was making out on the park bench, uh, and then he also mimics the uh, person in the bar that was... I can't remember what they were, like, talking about at the bar. I guess Fury bought them a drink or something. So he was just, like, fucking with them. So, like, they've already created, like, kind of some, like, menacing scenes with uh, the scrolls, like, just, like, fucking with people and knowing what they're doing, which I thought was really interesting. So, yeah, going back uh, real quick to the Talos and Fury on the train thing, I also really liked um, when it came to their relationship how Talos kind of pushed back against Fury whenever he's like, what, what would you have done if you were in my position? And Fury's like, I, I, I trusted you. I wouldn't have done that. And then Talos is like, but you were gone. And then, like, you're like, part of you, whenever he says that, you're like, okay, but so is half the world. I mean, what do you expect? He can't help you when he's been snapped like everyone else. Uh, but then he comments immediately at Talos um, at, immediately after that says, and even when you came back, you basically weren't back. Like even when you came back and it, he kind of implies like I was so excited to see my friend back, but you were completely different. And basically the second you got back, you're, he has like some great line where he's like, your feet didn't even touch the earth. You just hopped on a spaceship and went off without even talking to me. To your point at the beginning, Keith, I don't, we don't know yet what he was doing. Like, was he on that ship, like looking for a new homeworld for the scrolls? I don't know. Was he building some space army for future threats? I don't know. But clearly he's different. And even Fury, like, commenting back, like, I mean, look, humans can't even coexist. They, we've been fighting in fucking wars since the beginning of time. There's not any, he even uses the word tolerance, which I thought was like, oh, wow, that's a, you know, that's true. And kind of a interesting take. He's like, there's not enough tolerance on this planet for another species. You know, we can't coexist. Uh, so, yeah, just lots of great stuff. Yeah, and comments like that, even um, they haven't delved too deep into it, but there have been comments on race and tolerance. Like all that stuff has made the show feel more mature and more lived in. Um, are you guys going to be disappointed if you don't learn what Theory's been up to on that spaceship by the time the show ends? Maybe not by the time the show ends. Maybe if he's, if Theory comes back in other Marvel shows or movies. I do want to know, though, eventually. Because the last time we saw him was that tease at the end of uh, Far From Home. So. That's a long time to wait to figure it out. I hope we learn it in this show. Yeah, I'm a patient person. I, I've been fine when they tease something in the MCU and they don't pay it off for a long time. But this is a case where if they don't pay it off here, I think that would be a mistake. I don't think that would make sense if they didn't because now characters are calling out Fury for after the snap when everybody came back, when people presumably may have needed some a figure like Nick Fury to um, help them and maybe the pressure just got to him. I don't know. He he just left. And the question is why? I mean, it, it would be totally easy if he just like, you know, fucked off to space and was like, I, all right, I'm going to I was gone for five years. I lost a lot of time. I have to find a place for the scrolls now. So that could make sense. But it also seems like he would have just told Talos that if that was the case. He's like, I fucking left Earth to to search. I was gone. I lost time. I have I have to find a home for you. Like, it seems like he would have just said that. 
So it seems like or there's he would another... have brought Talos with right. him. Right. So it seems like there there's another reason he was up there. So if if now that characters are calling him out for it, if he doesn't address it at some point in this show, I think that would be quite strange. Um, and it would be hard. It would be hard to imagine that Talos would be fully back and buddy buddy with Fury unless Fury was honest with what he was doing. So yeah, I, th- I think we'll find out. Yeah, so kind of continuing on the Talos line of things, I think it might be fun to talk about his daughter a little bit. We have Amelia Clark in here playing Gaia uh, with an interesting role. Talos and Gaia get together pretty quick in the first episode, and they have a conversation, and Talos says, you know, Gravik killed your mom. You should ask him about that. Uh, And you're like, oh, shit. Okay, so now we got Gaia on our team. Talos even, like, says that, and Fury's like, hell yeah. But then she goes through with the bombing, so (laughs) I was like, fuck. She so, does spray paint them, though, with the IR Xs or whatever. I know, but then they get those bags and there's nothing in them. I took the bags being empty as her organization pulled one over on her. I didn't think that was intentional. I thought maybe they just didn't tell her where the bombs were and that way they could have more secrecy. And in, the, in episode two, she seems to be kind of following or at least investigating Gravik. So I think she may still be on Ben Mendelsohn's side. She's just doing a good job of hiding it so far. But is the entire compound behind Gravik? Like... Everybody there at the compound? Is that their whole mission? It seems like there's slowly starting to be some dissension when it comes to food and and things like that. Because that one guy said even our fearless leader isn't always right. So I do want to know what they're building, though, with that science team. Yeah, because we've got that crazy scene where Olivia Colman... Again, this this series has torture in it. (laughs) We see (laughs) Olivia That was a creepy scene. Yeah, we see Olivia Colman, who I love. Queen Elizabeth herself. Uh, She tortures a guy uh, by... They show a close-up of her cutting off his finger with pliers um, oh, and then gets hurt. the kind of the information on that machine. So we'll see if she's going to be a villain, too. Like, will she kind of share that info with Fury? They seem like they're old friends. Maybe she doesn't want to tell him. Uh, but that was crazy. Uh, that so torture yeah. scene was great with how, like, prim and proper she is. Yeah. The smart ones will always talk. <laughs> <laughs> you also see a guy get shot in the head and you see the blood on the wall in that same scene. Never graphic and his team infiltrate. And that fight scene, I think Gravik like picks up a guy and like throws him onto a meat Push him hook. on a meat hook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm liking the Brutal. violence, you know, they're leaning into it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. But uh, yeah, that machine being very vague, which I like. I don't know. What, I guess they mentioned that like, I guess the guy that was being tortured mentioned that somehow it'll make them stronger. So that's kind of scary. So we'll see. We'll maybe, see where that maybe goes. It's a, uh, maybe it's another arc reactor that Obadiah is going to go. But Tony Stark built that in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, before we close out here, um, let's do some closing thoughts and talk about our hopes for the rest of the season. We do know that this is uh, one of the Marvel shows that is only six episodes. This will be one of the quicker ones. We only have four episodes left. So any final thoughts and let me know what you guys are hoping for the rest of the season. Like, you know, are we going to see a lot more graphic? Is he going to end up being a really interesting villain? Like, let me know. What do you guys think? I think I just have more questions. Um, I, I definitely want to see the scale of the Skull Invasion. We've def- we've seen them in some interesting uh, leadership positions within the human society. I do want to know what the end goal is of all the scrolls. Like, is it just annihilate all humans so we can live here? Is it carve out a place of Earth for us to own? So, want to know kind of what the what the ranging levels of stakes are for that. And then I'm also curious how many other maybe MCU counterparts are popping up in this show since Nick Fury is involved. It seems like he's going to need a team since his kind of close confidence are dead or maybe he's on the fence with some of them. So who else is going to get involved and um, how is this going to play into the broader MCU phase five? 
Yeah, I pretty much just second all of that. I guess I'll just add, I want to see what happens with Rhodey and Fury. I want to see if Rhodey ends up hiring Fury back, if they resolve uh, what went what went down. And like we already talked about, I want to see if we get any more answers into Fury's past that we have not seen yet. Um, but yeah, I'm also down to see some more MCU characters come in as well. I'd be curious to see who. Um and how they how they play into it. Kind of seems like this would be a, a reasonable spot for Sam Wilson to make an appearance. True. Uh, I did like Fury acknowledging, though, whenever Rhodey's like, isn't it time to call in our friends? And he's like, that's like maybe a, like actually a, a secret bad idea. If we bring in the Avengers and then they get turned into scrolls, we're fucked. <laughs> Haven't they seen them on TV, though? Like, couldn't they already be impersonating them? Technically, yeah. But I guess he's like, if, if we called... Thor back from space or something, and then he got turned. Then we're all dead or something like that. Would Sounds they, like the Hulk or something. Would they get the Avengers' powers if they impersonated them? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I can't remember the degree of how that works. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. I'm just excited to see more because I liked Episode Two so much better than One. I hope that trajectory kind of continues with Three through Six. Uh, I'm very curious to find out more about Gravik's motivations. I do think what it is right now is enough. I enjoyed the flashback scene where they de-aged Fury in 97, just like they did for the Captain Marvel movie. I thought that was cool uh, whenever he meets a child graphic. Um, just him feeling completely abandoned, I think, is enough of a motivation, but it feels like there's more there. So I'm curious what we'll find out there. Like Keith mentioned, I want to know more about Nick Fury. This is the show to do it. I know he's kind of I've always been this mercurial, like cool, badass character, but... They have been treating him like a human character at this point, so I feel like we're going to find out more about him. He got to beat his wife, for Christ's sake. So I'm curious to know more about the myth and the legend. And yeah, I'm just curious, you know, to see some more scenes between Fury and Talos, because that is such a huge part of this show. Uh, and it's very interesting so far. Will Gaia come to the side of good fully? I think so, but I want to see how that works. Um, and yeah, I mean, the fucking scrolls went to that meeting and they're talking about waging an actual war. And Gravix somehow was able to convince them to, <laughs> like, make him be the leader of that, which is crazy. So what does a war on that scale look like in, in a show like this? I mean, obviously, they have a budget. Is it enough to actually depict that? Will Fury and team stop it before it happens? I'm curious what this war they're talking about actually looks like and how they're going to pull it off. Will we see Fury riding a tank in the battle? It's quite possible. It's quite possible. Oh, and I forgot. What? How do you get his eye back again? Well, he always had his eye. It was just, as you can see in the show, it's like very scratched and fucked up, which is why he always wore the eye patch. Yeah, he can't see out of it, but uh, he's always had an eyeball in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember that. I was like, did he get a new eye? I forget. Yeah. The only person that lost their eye and got it back was Thor. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Good eye talk. I love it when we end the show with some solid MCU eye talk. Uh, all right, guys. Well, before we fully close out here, then close out the show, we got to do some Arnie's Podcast Awards. This is the part of our show where we take something from the topic we just talked about. It can be positive, it can be negative, it can be something in between, whatever you want. It's just something that we feel deserves specific praise. So, guys, what's it going to be today? Yeah, I will be giving the Future War Criminal Award uh, to Rhodey because he talks very leisurely about carpet bombing another country just because their representative <laughs> is rolling their eyes at him. And then later on the phone, even Fury goes, you know what? I think you should carpet bomb him. So we have a lot of potential war criminals uh, acting within S.H.I.E.L.D. at the moment. I'm going to give the Sour Cheese Award, and that goes to the blue coral-looking food that Talos eats, I believe. 
I don't know what that was. If it was if it was cheese or if it was bread or some some sort of scroll food that looked not that great. Um, we're always getting weird food and drink scenes in all these shows we watch, like the blue milk from Andor. I knew you were going to go there. I was going to ask if you thought maybe the blue milk had been curdled and turned into this blue cheese. I was thinking. I was like, did it, yeah, did they just take the blue milk from Andor and just let it ferment a little bit? And now it's scroll And bring cheese? it up, Keith. We know you want to. Bring up the milk that Luke Skywalker mm. sucks out of the monster tit. I wasn't going to bring it up, but now that you're bringing it up, yeah. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give an award to just the show in general, and that's for its pro-vegetarian messaging. And the reason why I think this show has a subtle vegetarian message is because at one point, uh, the people that are torturing the scroll, uh, the leader asks, for some reason, he asks his subordinate to get him some sausage. The guy walks outside, he grabs a piece of sausage, and before he can even cut it, he is literally shot through the head very violently, and his blood is splattered all over the wall. Uh, So I think you could probably interpret that that means this show is trying to tell you if you eat meat, you deserve to be murdered. (laughs) Are you a vegetarian? Me? Yeah. Well, no. (laughs) Oh, then why are you so happy about it? (laughs) I'm not happy about it. I'm just I'm just dissecting the beautiful themes and and subtext of the show. (laughs) That sausage link looked really good. It did look good. I would have eaten that. Yeah, sucks that guy didn't get to eat it. Yeah, Mm. it's, it's, it's a shame that he died. All right, everyone. Well, with that, thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we would appreciate that to continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. Also, everyone, fun thing. I guess we're, we missed our uh, actual date by a couple weeks but i think if i remember right this month marks uh, our three-year anniversary so that's super exciting uh so as i always like to uh when i give bad news i like to sprinkle in some good so you're welcome for the three years of great (laughs) content but due to some traveling and some scheduling stuff unfortunately we're gonna have to take our first week off ever uh so if you're expecting an episode next week uh just keep that in mind and we'll be back the following week so there you go just wanted to let you know but don't worry. Don't worry, everybody. We will see Dial of Destiny. And at the start of whatever our next episode ends up being, we will give a quick review uh, because I, I, I still have to hold out hope that it's good. And I want to come on that episode and to be able to tell you that it is good. But I'm, I'm still scared that I won't be able to. The reviews seem to be getting worse, no! unfortunately. So. <laughs> Indeed! Um, but yeah. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, Maybe we'll do just a full Dial of Destiny episode because we love it so much. Uh, But we'll let you know uh, on our socials, whatever we're going to be covering that week. Lastly, we want to hear from you. So please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What do you think of Secret Invasion so far? Will Sam Jackson say motherfucker as Nick Fury finally? Anything you say we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. Will Jeremy Renner come back as a scroll and maybe as a good actor? That's a big question. That's a big <laughs> question. I mean, with the way the tone of the show is going with all the violence, I mean, if we can see fingers get cut off and close ups, so we can see people get shot in the head multiple times and see the bullet come out the other end, we can get Sam Jackson saying motherfuckers, Nick Fury. All right, come on, guys. You know, g- give us what we want. If Guardians 3 can throw the first F-bomb in the MCU, Sam Jackson better get the second. So that's all I'm saying. We could also get some R-rated Hawkeye stuff. I mean, Hawkeye was on Fury's team. Maybe he'll 
get pulled out of retirement again to help out his old boss. I thought you were going to say an R-rated sex scene. I think that also could be possible. Hey, that could work too. Maybe between Nick Fury and his wife. <laughs> oh, wow. Nick or maybe a, Talos is having a sad dream about having sex with his dead wife. That could be, that oh, could no. be beautiful too. Oh, <laughs> Overlaid with Fury having sex with his alive wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. I would like to see both simultaneously. I think that would be a nice way to showcase their friendship and closeness. Uh, all right, everybody. <laughs> hope you're enjoying Secret Invasion so far. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Again, uh, last reminder, we will be not back next week. We will be back the following one. So enjoy some time off from our podcast. We'll come back all refreshed for you the next time. Uh, so yeah, have a good one. See you soon. See you. Clint, I thought you were tired. I tried. Wait 18 holes, shot 18 holes. <laughs> <laughs>